You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is the projectionist, Hesmicha. Uh, we had a great conversation, Yitzhak and I, with Thomas Shubila, who wrote a book uh, recently called Primetime 1966-1967, The Full Spectrum of Television's First All-Color Season. And uh, he's a very knowledgeable, enthusiastic person. He also was a uh, professor of speech communication at Luzerne County Community College. So as you can imagine, with Yitzchok, myself, and Tom, uh, we could have really gone on for hours about... Uh, 60s television and its antecedents, uh, its similarities to to film and radio. So I cut this conversation into two. So part one, um, although I don't have exactly what is here, we start really talking about um, Tom's passion and how he gets into it and just throwing out a lot of different programs and uh, really what programs really suffered from becoming colorized uh and i sort of put a stop not so arbitrarily when we get to variety programs of the 1960s and how they fared in color uh part two which you'll be hearing uh takes it from where tom started which is really his analysis of the batman television show and the green hornet television show and we start talking about, I think, some serious questions about artistic integrity and colorization of films. So here's part one of our talk with Tom Shabila, uh, and my, and I hope you enjoy it. Clear the aisles. The projectionist has smicha. Hi, <laughs> I'm not here with Yitzchok tonight, but he's on his way. Instead. I have someone that uh, I don't think has Smicha, but he is a professor from <laughs> the Luzerne uh, Community College located in some wonderful hamlet in Pennsylvania. What hamlet is that, uh, Professor? Uh, Luzerne, Luzerne County, uh, <clears throat> right outside of Wilkesbury. Right outside of Wilkesbury. A great community college. I, I went on their website and I know that uh, they have 30,000 graduates or something like that. And and they are lucky indeed to have with them a professor of communications, speech communications, Professor Tom Thomas Shubila, who has recently published a book that is really, I don't know, it's, it's, it's something like hotcakes, isn't it? Yes, I, I'm, I'm doing very well with it. I, I, th- I think it's better, better, better than Lisa Douglas's hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> of course, Lisa Douglas's hotcakes you could use for many, many reasons, as as Oliver used to show you. Holes, uh, yes, everything. yes, you could do everything for Lisa's. But it's actually going off the shelves. And the name of the book is what is the name of the book? Prime Time, nineteen sixty six, sixty seven. But has another name. It's called the full the full spectrum. Uh, the first, <laughs> the, first <laughs> of, the full spectrum uh, of. First full season of Full Spectrum of Color. Yes, yes, it's it's a it's a tough name to get. Basically, it's a, basically it's a color because you are you actually uh, traced with with a lot of verve, and I have I don't have a copy of the book yet, but it's a with a lot of verve and, and interesting insight. That first season of Color TV, uh, where I guess all the programs of the three major networks 
we're color. I guess that's the prop, right? That, that, that is the, the premise of the book. Um, when I started doing some research, uh, and I had a, some project in mind about, um, I wanted to talk about Batman. I wanted to talk about uh, the era, uh, so 1966, uh, which I, I think is just an incredible year for television and pop culture. Um, and I wanted to document something from that era. And I wasn't, a hundred percent sure of what that would be and uh, so it's sort of like you know um tolkien said uh, tolkien said that where did he get the idea of the lord of the rings he said he went under a uh, a tree and uh, as he was dozing he had a dream and in the mm-hmm. dream a hobbit came to him in the dream the hobbit took him by the hand and just led him so basically you sort of like started off by, uh, in other words the hobbit took you by the hand Yes. And it took you on an odyssey, and that then it became clear to you what that odyssey was. Yes, I, 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 I ran across this, you know, just kind of interesting fact. It was a, just a bite of information that that was the first season that every show was in color. And I said, that's something. That's interesting. Uh, and, and, I, and I felt like it needed to be more than a footnote in history. It needed to be more than a Wikipedia page. Uh, it, it, it just, it was something that needed to be documented. Now, now I'm going to talk to you a lot about that year because you, of course, are a relatively young person, but I actually remember that year. And I think I told this to you on the phone the other day. Um, I mean, it was one of the years I'm 62. So I was born in 1960. And although I was born with European parents and we spoke Yiddish as a first language, they plopped me in front of the television. Or at, least, or at least I found myself to my way to the television, which was not a color television. A color television did not enter our home until I was way into my teenage years. Um, we couldn't afford a color television. No, we don't get one. Um, so I, but I knew because every single program, as I remember, said, especially NBC, in living color. That I think was NBC's, right? NBC's yeah. item. In fact, the whole peacock, which became the NBC symbol, uh, was based on the fact that N- NBC felt that they were out there as sort of um, uh, pioneers in color. Uh, again, I, I know that this is really your area, not mine, but I do know that one of the first programs that NBC pushed and wanted people to watch NBC for, there were two programs specifically, and they were both Sunday night programs. Yeah. One of them was Bonanza, which yes. was in color. And, yep. and, and, and part of the beauty of Bonanza was the fact that you could see these vistas. Again, it might have been in some back lot. I don't know. But at least there was enough. They did enough uh, second, uh, second unit shooting that they were able to give you the illusion that you could see the color of the Ponderosa and beyond. That you, were some, you were somewhere on the frontier. Yeah. Yeah. NBC uh, yeah, certainly pushed it with. And the, and, and the other show, of course, which was it was called The Wonderful World of Disney, which later was called The Wonderful World of Color. Color, yes. Right. So, yeah. The, so they, they certainly pushed it. And actually, NBC was the first um, the, the first to air a show in color. Uh, so January 1st, uh, 1954, um, they they uh, they aired the Tournament of Roses Parade. Uh, so so that was on, on New Year's Day. Uh, I think 15 or 16 days earlier, the FCC finally approved color uh, the, for the, that color broadcast. So 
Uh, we became the first, so America became the first country with color, and then NBC quickly uh, jumped on it. And CBS actually did um, later that day. Uh, they, they, I think they aired the news. I think it was the uh, uh, national news. They news, news and review. They um, so color in '54. So this were part of your research. So really, I think what was fascinating was that although televisions were being bought already in the late 40s in mass, mm-hmm. were there, when, was, when were color TVs um, being sold from retailers that people could so, buy them? So uh, 54, the first color TVs were, were you know, uh, manufactured. Uh, nobody had one. Uh, and, and mostly because there weren't any color shows. Um, a couple of years later, about uh, 50, 56, 57, uh, Red Skelton uh, switched over to color. Uh, the Milton Berle show switched over to color for a bit. Texaco Star Theater switched over to color for a bit. Um, but again, nobody really had color televisions. Uh, and ABC actually didn't have any color programming until 62. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and actually, oh, by 1966, I think it was 9% of the population had color televisions. Like only not so so the the switch to color was for a very small minority of um of television viewers. But so, but there were statistical gurus who knew yes. that once the price would go down, in other words once the manufacturers were mm-hmm. able to get them produced in mass like the black and whites, the demand would create a, a lowering of the price. Yep. And therefore they saw just like Bill Gates and others who developed you know, computer technology or um, uh, whoever developed the iPhone and others, they realized that it would be the wave of the future and that everybody would want one. Right. And, and even earlier than that, even earlier than, than, than those 1950s, and, and, and we talked about it on the phone a little bit, but um, like I said, uh, the last, I think, two seasons of The Adventures of Superman, uh, they were... Uh, shot in color, never aired in color until the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, same thing with two Westerns. Uh, Cisco Kid uh, was aired, uh, was shot in color, never aired in color until much later. And Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. Uh, yeah. Both those shows shot entirely in color, never aired in color until much later. Because again, like you said, some uh, numbers television guru said, you know what? we better future proof this we better shoot this in color now and because people are going to have color tvs in the future and this is something that a show then we can sell in syndication syndication and residuals i I actually i I don't believe sergeant preston on the yukon is 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 airing anywhere in the world today is it (laughs) not today i don't i don't think it is airing today uh however uh, and neither is the Cisco Kid. I, 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 I doubt. Adventures of Superman pops up every so often. Just it's Superman, but mm-hmm. it certainly aired a lot in the the seventies and and uh, into the eighties. Mm-hmm. Now, shooting in color. Look, I, I don't know much about filmmaking, although I talk about it a lot. I would assume that it was much more expensive to shoot Correct. things in color, right? right? Yes. And, and the technology, the film, um, and. Um, yeah, I, I again, I don't know if the quality held up. I know a lot of the like, like when a lot of the color programming that you see now, not the kinescopes, but the for example, I know it's one of the programs I think you talk about in your book, 
you know, it, it, they really need restoration. Like, for example, yeah. the program that I remember, I, was it that year too? It's about time. Was that from yes, 1960? Yes. Okay. So now I want to tell you one thing. Yitzhak is here now. I felt as I was driving here to turn on the computer, I said, you know, we got to have a jingle, you know, we got to have a jingle. But because really, and bear with me on this, uh, Professor uh, Shabila, uh, I, I think that this was not only a crossover year for programs to become in color, it was also a year that the theme song started to fade out. In other words, that. Right? in other words, the the idea of a song, a long one, like a minute or so, telling you the theme of the show, like you know, <laughs> cousins or, 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 or well, Gilligan's <laughs> Island, right, or like the Patty Duke show. But, but, do, you, yeah. right? but, but you have, for example, the two programs that that we talked about that went from black and white to color that were sort of clones of each other, which were, of course, I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. Neither of them had had words to their yeah. music, right? Dolly likes that too. Dun, 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 dun. And then you wished was do 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 And I think, by the way, the, the theme songs are indicative of like, again, as I said to you on the phone the other day, um, I Dream of Genie has sort of a salacious uh, tune to it. It's a little like a, it's almost like a burlesque tune, right? Whereas Bewitched is sort of like, you know, like, you know, and they both had, they, again, they were all very heavy duty, like many of these openings with animation, like even the original um, uh, I Love Lucy program. Not the one that was came up in syndication. The original I Love Lucy program also started with an animation, um, and and those those Lucy and Desi figures, which of course were important because I think Benson and Hedges or whatever it was, I think um, helped create these little cartoon images in order to sell uh, their cigarettes more. But but I, I think there was you know it seems to me that this was a year that uh, some of the theme songs I think you know like or like the one you started with. Right, Batman. Right, Batman. I mean, Batman has one word. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, certainly. And Batman, but yeah, with it, 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 it's about time, and that, but that's a that's certainly a theme song. That that's, right. So, so, and I think it's sort of like still an old, like it, it's sort of like let's do you know because one of the things that I think the '60s brought out in order to in the early '60s, even before '66, and we've talked about it on this program was. You know what we need to do? We need to be, uh, there's one arm of the 60s was Sylvan, um, uh, rural, sketching this beautiful life of, of, of what rural life was. And then there was this other arm, like, you know, that's like um, the Andy Griffith show, or, right? Then the other arm of the 60s was crazy. The other arm was weird and strange, whether it's, you know, the Munsters and the Adams family or, um, uh, any strange permutation, like we can do it, we can do it. Some like it was a weird. My favorite Martian, right? Which I weird, think. Yeah. Now, my favorite Martian. Did it ever make it into color? It did. It the its last season. It did make it into color. Uh, so there was one color season of I'm uh, of um, um, yes. uh, Ray Walston, and both of these guys are superstars, really. Ray Walston and Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby is probably the king of television in a way, right? I'm, I'm saying he. I'm, but Ray Walston was a, was a, a great 
uh, character actor in a lot of Hollywood flicks, um, and um, he could do a lot of stuff. Um, you might remember him from Damn Yankees. I think he was the devil himself in Damn Yankees. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, sure. With Tab Tab Hunter, I think plays uh, the uh, plays Joe over there. But anyway, the the point being is that you know uh, my favorite Martian. I'm not sure. I think it might have had a theme song to it, but that's really you know the it's a it, it's about time was sort of like a my favorite Martian type of idea, which is it has astronauts in it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and the astronauts end up going back in time, Correct. right? It's about time. It's about space, right? And, <laughs> and 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 somehow you know, unfortunately, I have I had such in Yiddish we say Rachmanis. I had such Rachmanis on Imogene Coca. Right, that she had to play. She like she played Gronk's wife. I forgot what her name was. Right, uh, Chag, Chag. Right, and then you had, of course, uh, Joey Yitzchak. You know what? what? Joey Ross. Yes. Joey Ross. Right, who to me will always be from Car Fifty Four. Yes, for me, he's oh, but he was basically playing the same character. Right, he was basically Joey Ross was pretty much the same Car Fifty Four character. Just he was wearing a. It looks terrible. It was in color, but but it was not preserved in any way. Kinescope was. I don't think it was kinescope. Uh, I mean, it was certainly shot, um, but yeah, I don't I don't think that they put the money into the color that, say, the Invaders did or uh, Bonanza did, uh, and, and and I I. I I would assume that they thought it was a throwaway show. <laughs> However, it was produced by Sherwood, Shor- Sherwood Schwartz, who, who you know did bring us Gilligan's Island. Speaking right. of another iconic theme song, yes, yes. But that, remember, that, that's why I'm thinking it's just the the preservation was so poor. It's not that the probably when it was originally aired, it was on this. It was the same type of color as you would have seen on the television at that time. In Gilligan's Island, or something so. Else. So, what is it, Tom? Is it is, is has more effort been made to preserve Batman and the Gilligan's Island yeah, episodes? Those shows, aired. those shows, you know, they 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 still air. So, so in other words, even though it was shot in color, is more expensive. It still needs tech yep. work. It still needs tech work today the to problem, keep the problem with physical media. It, it deteriorates, unfortunately, and uh, I don't think anybody wants to sink any money into preserving. It's about time. Unfortunately, hmm. uh-huh. so I heard, I heard they're working on it. I heard I think maybe really? South Factory might be working on it. Oh, yeah, they, they do a really great job with that kind of stuff too. Uh-huh. So, so really, it was more expensive to shoot, but it still it it wasn't a guarantee of of longevity, right? No, that's my point. There's uh, there's another show that aired that season, um, and I, I did find it difficult to find full episodes uh but only the, there was only four episodes that aired it was called the tammy grimes show she was a and, singer i remember she was a singer yeah, uh, she was in uh, the broadway play uh, unsinkable molly brown. brown sure and actually she was um uh the original uh, she was in the running for bewitched uh, for to be samantha early on and you can't uh, you can't conceive of anybody else playing Samantha besides yeah, I know. Uh, Elizabeth. And, I think that's uh, part of the reason why the ridiculous film that they made with N- N- Nicole Kidman. Yeah, uh, first of all, it made no sense the movie, and there's really <laughs> I'm saying there's certain people that can't be replaced. I think yeah. uh, 
Elizabeth Montgomery can't be replaced. You cannot she's replace her. Incre- I think she's incredible. And we've talked about this. I always thought right. Well, we talked, Yitzchak, we, we had a discussion about Barbara Eden versus Elizabeth Montgomery. <laughs> and, and as I said, again, the show was obviously, I'm surprised ABC didn't re- try to sue um, uh, NB- I think NBC was... Uh, yeah, NBC or Genius. I'm surprised they didn't try to sue them. Um, yeah. Well, I guess it's far enough away that it's not an exact uh, replica. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, look, one thing I think we all agree that, um, and I talked about this to you on the phone, like it's about, um, well, it's about time I think only lasted one season. I don't one think season. It right, one and season. actually, it almost was canceled mid-season, but Sherwood Schwartz said, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get we're going to get the astronauts and the cavemen. To I remember the to the future, right? Yes, right, right. right. So, and they said, well, you know, there'll be more uh, storyline opportunities in the twenty first. Right. It'll be more. It'll, it'll, it'll be a more interesting. It'll be a more interesting fish out of water story if but we put the cavemen there. So it's also easier to film a contemporary show. You know, it's, it's <laughs> easier true. to make. You know, uh, was it? Uh, Escape from Planet of the Apes than to make Planet of the Apes or Beneath the Planet of the Apes, you know? Because yes. you just had to have the weird characters in the contemporary... Uh, yeah. you're, you're, right, and, and, and obviously, you know, people at those days when people were, the Nielsen ratings and people were making phone calls, you know, you have to wonder what the science was that was determining uh, the cancellation of a program. Yeah. Um, Sometimes yeah. it was... Oh, but, but oh, that's what I said about the, the Tammy Grimes show. It only lasted four episodes. Usually they give you you know, at least 12. One second. What about me and the chimp? Me and the chimp. Me and me and the chimp with Ted Bissell did not last. I don't know oh, how long yeah. that lasted. I think that got off in two episodes. I think they, they, they got rid of it. that midway through the first commercial break. <laughs> Again, I don't know what the mechanism was, but, but one of the things you see, we talked about my favorite Martian a minute ago, is that some shows <clears throat> really didn't survive or maybe were better off as I was mentioning the other day, better off in black and white. Yes. Um, and and, and I, I don't know exactly what the artistic dynamic is, but, you know, maybe, you know, especially a show that the, the main feature was the characterization. Yeah. Um, so, the, the color might have diffused the strength of the show. Why don't you talk yeah. about that? Yeah, so so actually, after we started talking about this, you got my mind racing on this one. And I started thinking of different shows that certainly got worse with color uh, and shows that got better with color or made sense. Okay, go color. ahead. So, okay, so so we talked about Adventures of Superman. Uh, again, they, when they started shooting in color, uh, the storyline started getting really goofy. And the early episodes were really violent. They were really noirish, um, and you know it was this more serious show. But I think they started taking some liberties when they switched to color, even though nobody really saw it in color until much later. Uh, we talked about the Lucy show. So, like we said, no longer Lucy could hide that she was getting older. Right. She was extremely vain. I mean, she was a, she was an incredible businesswoman. She was a pioneer. She was a very gifted, adept physical comedian. Um, she was a, a broad, a tough broad. Um, and, 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 and I have Rachmanis, as I said, about her life. But she was extremely vain. And, yeah. uh, you know, part of the I think in the original, even the original I Love Lucy, 
uh, she, she didn't want um, Vivian Vance because she thought Vivian might outshine her. And I think there was like a clause that she had to she had to dress frumpy, Ethel, right. et cetera. And um, she, was married, she was married to Fred. Mur- <laughs> Fred she married Mur- to Bill <laughs> Ferrali, right? right? <laughs> and we've talked about Bill Ferrali in the '40s and the films he was in with Alan, yeah. with um, with Errol Flynn and and and, the, uh, and and Alan Hale Sr. So he was a, again, you know, uh, I saw a little bit of J.K. Simmons imitating him in uh, <laughs> on Amazon Prime in this program, like meeting yeah. meeting the Ricardos. But you're right. Basically, the idea was uh, Lucy was always vain, but as she and again, she she ran a studio that mm-hmm. was also on the on, on a pioneer of coloring, right? Yeah. Desilu was and, and put out Mission Impossible, Star Trek, you know, some really great shows. So she, of course, had to be on television again. Mm-hmm. But as you said, she suffered in color, and the program yeah, suffered. definitely suffered in color. And her I, and we were saying, as every show went on, it got worse and worse. <laughs> it was. You know, I love Lucy. Great. Lucy and Desi comedy hour. Really good. Uh, the Lucy show. Eh, Here's Lucy was awful. Right. 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 Um, I, I have to tell you the Lucy show again, the saving grace of the Lucy show was one of her close friends was Gail Gordon. Yes. Right. Yeah, yes. I, agree I, I really like Gail Gordon on that. Yeah. I'm saying I like th- Gail Gordon on anything. I mean, I, w- I was thinking about, I mean, it's a little bit off topic, but it's a similar trajectory. Uh, I, I listened to many episodes of uh, of Armis Brooks on the radio, mm-hmm. but I saw a few episodes on television. There was never any color episodes. I think the the movie was also in black and white, but the which was you know kind of almost like a reboot before reboots were a thing. But <laughs> the uh, the the TV show it always had to have some kind of a slapstick thing, and it was exactly what you're talking about in the Superman show, going from black and white to color. How, like you said, the Superman show was much more of a serious show, and yeah. then going to color, it got goofy, and there was the the Martians and all kinds of yeah. Well, okay, there. so oh, okay, one second, hold on, let's talk about. Let me interrupt you about this because yeah. comics, comics is my again. I lived with comics. Part of the, obviously, the strange appeal of superheroes, and we're going to talk about superhero serials, and we're going to talk about 60, 66 and 67 in a minute with Batman and, and Green Hornet, yeah. but one of the things was we cannot replicate the comic book. However, because the comic book, of course, was brilliant colors. That's the reason kids bought comics. They bought comics because what could be drawn and brought to life was brilliant and sometimes even beautiful, depending on the uh, on who was drawing it. Um, and the kid, it could really be something. The 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 serials, like the original Batman serials, they couldn't in any way, shape, or form reproduce what Bill Kane and no. Ro- and, and Robinson were able to do. And the same thing is true about Superman. Uh, like obviously, in the comic, Wayne Boring, whoever was drawing uh, Superman at that time, George Kupfenberg, Carrie Bates, um, uh, uh, Kurt Swan, Carrie Bates was the author, Kurt Swan, their, their images were great, but the, 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 the hero was so popular that they figured kids would want to watch the show. 
So what they did was they realized there's no way we can, you know, we can maybe do a little shtick with him flying, but we can't do x-ray vision. We can't do the real, we can't have him pick up the planet Earth and spin (laughs) it around or go to Saturn. So they needed at that time to basically um, turn it into like a noir crime issue, right? Superman, you know, able to, what was it? Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, right? Right, he was a speeding bullet. But right, but he wasn't faster as you in the comics. He could he was actually faster than the speed of light. Right, yeah. Superman in the six in the fifties and sixties became incredibly powerful to the point that they didn't even know what to do with him in the stories. So that's why I believe that we can get the kids there. We'll call it Superman. It's not really like the comic. It's more like the nineteen thirties comic when it started. So it had to be more like like you say, a detective story, um, right? Whereas, as color came in, I think what kicked in was, oh, we've got color, we've got to make it more like the comic book. There's got to be, uh, there's got to be a toy man, there's got to be a Lex Luthor, there has to be a Brainiac, or whatever it is that was, uh, was one of these grotesque color creatures. Uh, and, and I think that probably was the downfall because they weren't able to create a program. They didn't have the means to to replicate a comic at all. And also, I think also at the time, you know, uh, that's an, an early indication where they said, you know, hey, we really have to tone this down a little bit. It's 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 it, it's dark, and maybe you know some parent television council is going to come after us. We really have to lighten up these storylines because kids are watching this. So. I think that this was an early example of that. Yeah. And, and, and I guess one of the great crossovers was when George Reeves shows up on the Lucy show. Yeah. Yes. And I love yeah. Lucy. When George yeah. shows up. Anyway, uh, I, I, th- I think that's one of the programs I can, you know, I, it's hard for me to watch I Love Lucy, but that's one of the shows I think I can watch. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to see George Reeves jump through the kitchen from, you know, the Ricardo's <laughs> kitchen there, you know, it almost gives you the illusion, you know, and of course, one of the best lines that any uh, of the 50s programs ends with, you're married to her for 10 years, and they call <laughs> me Superman. <laughs> a really a great delivery from George Reeves, too, at that point. Um, so, so, so you said your mind was racing, but there were mind was racing. I came up with a, I came up with things that got worse by color. Uh, I said, uh, voyage to the bottom of the sea. Uh, so in uh, uh, 65, switched to color, uh, and they started. Uh, now that was with Richard. That was Richard Basehart, I believe. Yes, yes. Now Richard Richard Basehart was 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 a, was a was a guy who could have made it, and he did a number of great Hollywood noirs. He was yep. in a, he did a, a real great one. I forgot what it was where he sort of plays two roles. Um, I, I wish I remembered it, but he's yeah. sort of like it, it's like an incredible character study. And they got Richard Basehart, who's like a, a B actor, and he mm-hmm. was the star. I think he was the um, the commander of that of, 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 the, of, the, of the submarine. Of the submarine. So and that season, they again got it got a little out of hand with. Your characters, it became more of a creature feature kind of thing, as I described it in the book, where, you know, it was almost like a weekly monster, you know, they're werewolves and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, for me, I think that's kind of cool, but uh, may not have been for everybody. Um, what about combat? Was combat-, you know, combat? Combat did switch to color, but I don't think really combat, uh, you know, suffered much. It was the kind of the same show. It, it didn't really... 
But I remember ABC had their own version of combat in 66, 67, which was called the Rat Patrol. Rat Patrol, yes, yes. Right, right. Did that, did that, that was only a color show, right? The Rat Patrol was only in color, yeah. Right, and, and that was ABC's answer. I think Vic Morrow, I, I believe, was the star of combat, right? And, and, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, the 60s were kind of this, this height of World War II shows where they just wanted to, you know, do something with World War II, whether it was a comedy of, of uh, um, like Hogan's Hogan Heroes, Heroes. Yeah. Or, or combat or, or, or whatever, you know, they, they just kind of wanted this. Uh... Well, look, the, Hollywood is still mining World War II, right? Yes. Inglorious Bastards, or even, right, uh, there was one, you know, the, the one about Churchill, the movie about Churchill uh, a couple of years ago. The, um, the Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. I mean, oh, yeah. television really isn't. That's, that's a, except the History Channel, things like that. But like, as far as, you know, scripted programs, of television do we really have any contemporary well, but, I, but i guess you have to think it's like you know what's going to be the raison d'etre like you know hogan's heroes was again incredibly bad taste life in a concentration camp right right with a bunch of funny nazis right with a bunch <laughs> of funny and i know they were trying to make fun of the nazis i i, I know but that they were uh, jewish right yes the two nazis were jewish yes <laughs> we were jewish. yes right and so was i think um one of the pow's the french fellow yeah uh, he was he was i think he was even he was a holocaust he, survivor yes he, he was, was a holocaust survivor so a holocaust yeah. survivor yes but, but he, he, and and I was looking at interviews uh, of of the uh, characters at the time, or the the actors at the time, I should say, and it was brought up a couple times, and all the actors were like, "No, it's a TV show. Don't worry about it." Right. right. N- nobody. Uh, and- only Mad Magazine did a satire. I think it was sixty-seven or sixty-eight where they basically said, we can't believe that this is a show. And actually, I think the last, the last, you know, in the Mad Magazine satires, the last panel would be something outrageous. I think it was actually with Hitler himself or something like that. And it was, you know, it it really, uh, like Feldstein and company or William Gaines, whoever was publishing Mad at the time, realized that this show was an an abomination. It was an an obscene program, right? Uh, I, I think it was, the one thing I looked at was, um, one, one of the big sources that I had was uh, a broadcasting magazine, which was an industry magazine. And uh, before every season, it gave, it looked at all the pilots that the networks were looking at. And so it would say, you know, okay, the monkeys, okay, the monkeys is a show about uh, kids, that, wacky, you know, wacky show about kids in a band who want to be the Beatles or it, it, that wasn't it, but whatever. And I think their their review of Hogan's Heroes was um, uh, some Jewish lads play Nazis uh, and uh, you know a comedy about Jewish lads playing Nazis or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. So nobody thought anything of this. <laughs> I see. You know, you talked about the monkeys. Now that that was a show that also premiered in 1966. Yeah. The monkeys. Yeah. Now, I, like you said, it was feeding off the Beatles fad. Uh, yes. And and the truth was that it's an incredible program because none of these four were actually originally singers, right? And I think I think uh, Mike Nesmith, you know, he he was uh, a, a, a musician, right? Um, and Mick, um, um, 
not Mickey Dolenz. Um, Davy Davy Jones. Uh, he had a hit. He had a minor hit song. Right, right. But but I think part of it was that they created this television uh, group, and then I think originally again you can check your facts on this. I think originally they they brought in other singers and they lip synced to it, and then eventually the monkeys actually sang themselves. Yeah, um, they um, they were cast. You know, obviously as the group. Um, the music was was canned. They never played the music. It was right. uh, mostly the Wrecking Crew. Um, so the the studio musicians, the Wrecking Crew, uh, they did the they they did the vocals um, originally. But then eventually they wanted a little bit more autonomy uh, and uh, you know kind of control over their music and things like that. So and, and the show really had you know unlike. You know, let's say we talked about My Favorite Martian and It's About Time, which was sort of basically wacky early 60s show. This show really had a certain type of um, absurdist sensibility the monkeys did. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they did. It was almost a Marx Brothers episode. I mean, if you think about it. But, but they, used, they used camera technique to do absurd things. You know, it was, it was almost like it was very similar to some of the quickies in, in, in Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, in other words, like, like a, 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 a character in one scene didn't have to be the same character in the next scene. They yeah. broke the fourth wall. They did. It, it was sort of an absurdist program. It was very similar to the Beatles own movie that they right. made. Yeah. The, the Beatles movie. Yes. Right. Um, uh, help. Help. I mean, <laughs> I got to switch that. But it's similar to sort of like. like, oh, like yeah. And, and that's certainly what the. A basic idea was was uh, you know kind of make a Americanized Beatles, uh, but and and it's kind of incredible that they're still fondly remembered that they be they remained a band for so long too. You know? Right, and and Davy Jones became uh, a a teenage heartthrob. People would mm-hmm. have yeah, can imagine that. <laughs> I, I can't I can't imagine any girl today putting Davy Jones on <laughs> in her bedroom, but. Uh, yeah. You never know. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so okay. So other shows that I uh, I had thought of uh, again, another one that we talked about, Man from Uncle. Again, uh, that first season, it was more of a, uh, you know, it, it was a little bit more serious. It was more of a James Bond show uh, than when it switched to color. Uh, kind of got silly. Uh, we talked about the Wild Wild West. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute because really, I mentioned to to Tom the other day that I remember. Tom and, and, and Yitzchok here are of the same age, and they are like um, they are like I guess curators of the past. And, <laughs> and and you're talking to me about my past that I lived in. So to me, the Wild Wild West was the ultimate program. Yeah. Um, first of all, it was Forbidden Fruit because <laughs> it was on on Fridays when it was Shabbat when it was Shabbos. So the program was on. In, in central time where i grew up um i think it, it was on from eight to nine i think it might have been nine to ten uh in in, in in the east coast eight to nine or maybe seven to eight perhaps but because we were only able to watch it in the summer months when the sabbath came in later so i watched <laughs> so we would watch the reruns and it, it, it was color what was the first year for um for the Wild Wild West, was it sixty-five? Fifty-five was the first year. Then it switched to color in sixty-six. Uh huh. And now that show, 
what, what, again, we talked about it. I talked about it, you know, Yitzchok, it's the first steampunk program, <laughs> right? And steampunk is now a, a tremendous genre of, yeah. of literature. And th- this was a program that had, you know, all these sort of um, antiquated, futuristic uh, items that West and Gordon had, and also had, for people who don't know, I think one of the best buddy chemistries of any program. You know, they, they, there was another program, I think it was 1968, Alias Smith and Jones, um, or 69, that was yeah, sort of... A little bit later, I forget the year. Yeah, it tried to replicate, 69 or 70, it tried to replicate some of that spirit of of uh, of the wild wild west but you actually had robert conrad doing most of his own stunts i mean he was a he was a, obviously a physical fitness guru and you know he would fight like crazy you know as he was uh, and then you had a, a real great character actor uh, a jewish fellow by the name of ross martin uh um and Ross Martin loved putting on all these uh, costumes and accents. And it was like, it wasn't like Sherlock Holmes and Watson. It was almost like, you know, um, you know, you have the master of disguise intellectual, and then you have the, you know, the, the, you know, the sort of strident, courageous fighting guy. And that was a great team. Um, yeah. And, and, and you all, it also was interestingly placed post the civil war, which we know was sort of like a period that things were sort of like in upheaval. In the United States, you know, you had um, carpetbaggers, uh, you know, and, and the idea that Ulysses S. Grant couldn't control the country made sense. Um, so I, I think the program's idea was great. And, um, you know, uh, I, I forgot, uh, uh, you know, it's, I'm blanking on the villain. The main villain, of course, was, was he had a great, uh, they gave him his name, Professor Loveless, right? Yes. There we go, yeah. Professor Lovis again. You can look him up, who he, who played him, and but and but the, do you think the show was canceled because it turned color? Uh, well, I think because they wanted to make the show more violent in color, and from really what I found, uh, it, it was almost like a sacrificial lamb. Uh, it was uh, the it was a thing called the uh, National Commission on Violence. And, you know, there were congressional hearings, uh, things like that. And they kind of said, hey, you know, kids are seeing this violent show and, and they're going to then become violent. Um, and so this is, again, kind of a uh, after Superman, when they toned that down, uh, this was kind of a, all right, you know what, we'll cancel um, Wild Wild West. Like, that, this will make you happy. So... And, and really, it's unfortunate. I don't know how many years it could have lasted. Yeah, oh, it could have lasted a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, obviously, part of it was Conrad's vitality. Artemis Gordon, I think, you know, suffered a heart attack a couple of years later and died, but I think in 74. But okay. still, I think the show could, could have... Went on then. The show definitely would have, uh, like I said, they could have... You know, and again, especially since, unlike World War II, Yitzhak, where, I mean, how many years are we in the war? I mean, MASH is so ridiculous. The show <laughs> was on for 20 years or whatever, and the Korean War was like three years or four years. Like, right, right, like how, how is it that Hawkeye is gray and old, right? And a couple of years ago, like, he, he looks totally different. Um, the, I, the idea of an endless war, right, just to keep the, the television show going was sort of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um but 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 they could have actually aged um you know uh, you know you know smith and uh gordon um, yeah 
in the wild, wild west, they could have continued. It could have really, it could have really lasted. That show could have absolutely continued for a while, but right. yeah, it, was, it was almost like this. All right, you know, you're breathing down our neck. We'll cancel. What's Public Enemy number one? We'll cancel that. So let me ask you. You mentioned it's violence. You talk about Superman's violence, but I think it isn't so much television wanted to eliminate violence. They didn't want a show that was kid, a kid magnet like right. Superman and like the Wild Wild West to have that violence. The detective shows, I mean, look, Mike Connors, uh, I mean, those fights were, uh, Mike Connors was always fighting people and yeah. didn't, I mean, there was always a good five minute fight where people were hitting each other, right? The detective shows, you know, why wasn't there that type of scrutiny from the detective yeah. shows? I actually, over the weekend, uh, Buddy and I were talking about uh, Gunsmoke, or The Rifleman, The Rifleman, excuse me. Chuck Connors. And Chuck Connors. And, and, and pretty much the, the, every lesson of the show is, all right, I'm going to try to show my son, you know, not to use violence, but eventually he's going to shoot somebody. <laughs> right. Like, right. that seemed to be the arc of every show. It was like, I'm going to try to resolve things, but nope, we're going to shoot somebody now. Um, um, has there ever been a more sophomoric child than the child, though, on the rifleman? I mean, could you no. believe these are father and son? I mean, no. he's he's like this doe-eyed, you know, but pa, but pa. And Phil Connors is sort of like, you know, this uh, tough guy. That, and the kids seen him uh, shoot somebody a right. lot. <laughs> right. Now, and, uh, the, the rifleman never, did the rifleman ever get to be color? Yes. No, Rifleman, no. Rifleman, no. Rifleman never got, the show that Chuck Connors was in color was another great theme song colored show. And you know what I'm going to say? Branded. Branded, yeah. had, Branded yeah. had, had one of the great theme songs. Um, and it was, it, it be, I don't know if it ever became a top 40 hit, but it was, it, 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 it's, it's an ear, what is it called? An earworm, right? Yeah. Right? What do you do when you're branded, right, et cetera, right? Uh, <laughs> wherever you go for the rest of your life, you will know right schmuppy you're a man <laughs> dun, 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 dun. so brandon was I'm here for you singing the theme songs yes the brand brand brandon was chuck connor's that was his color entry yes. now now how long i don't know how many years that lasted Did that, and that was a, i think it was one or two seasons it was not very long it's sort of like it's sort of like a, a ripoff of the fugitive going back in the past right yes you have a person who is you know who is um uh yeah you're right yeah fugitive in the past it's Probably right. a good right. Look, I, I would say in acting chops, David Jansen, Chuck Connors, sort of a toss-up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, right. um, but as you again, I interrupted about the man from Uncle. The man from Uncle, you would think oh, you, would, you would think that going to color would make it more James Bond-like, but I guess they they couldn't they couldn't really couldn't justify replicate. it. Yeah, couldn't replicate it for TV. Um, yeah. So so then then you know with that there there came also the spin-offs like the girl from Uncle which you know, just started getting silly. Um, another show, uh, a, another World War II show, uh, 12 O'Clock High. Uh, and that show really suffered because they used a lot of World War II stock footage. Stock footage of- from, from Hollywood, right? Yes. There was actually, Yitzchak, you can look it up. There was a, a film called 12 O'Clock High. I yes. think it was, was with Van Johnson and Spencer Tracy, I think. Yes, with uh, yeah, Spencer Tracy, and it's 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 one of those highly regarded films by uh, the Air Force, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it became a TV show, and Robert Lansing, um, 
and in black and white it was really cool uh but when it switched to color they had to colorize all the stock footage that they had of of bombers and fighter fighter planes in world war ii which just didn't look right it just looked cheap one of the things that I think the 60s did over the 50s, uh, Tom, was unlike Lucy, like the I, I Love Lucy and some of the original programs, um, there were never any um, location shots. Everything was on a set. And in the 60s, they decided to shoot outside. You would see, you know, even, you know, even the, the lot that, you know, of Mayberry there was at least something going on. There was at least, you know, Andy going out to the lake to think or whatever it was. So the 60s really brought in the idea idea of we're not just shooting like, like on, on a sound, on one set. And, and, and they would give the, the, like, for example, you know, one of the, the shtick that movies, um, television shows from the seventies and eighties do shows like um, Mary Tyler Moore or Cheers in between scenes, they'll give you a bus, like riding in Boston, or uh, you know, a picture of a hotel in Minneapolis. The idea of uh, the creating, the creating, you're creating the illusion that this is happening in the real world. So when you have yeah. a move, twelve o'clock high or the rapper or any of these shows, they're going to have to show you, you know, battles and things happening uh, in color in the real world, which they weren't able Where, to do. Whereas you know, the honeymooners. Uh, I, I don't think anything was outside of that apartment. <laughs> right, right. And I actually remember the honeymooners. And I can talk about, I want to talk about two more things about the, the, that era. Yeah. The, the variety, let's, before we get to, you know, the bread and butter, which is the, the, the superhero shows that we started with, the variety programs. You talked about Skelton being in color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jackie Gleason, of course, uh, came back, I guess, in 64 or 65 when i don't know when his program came he, back he came back uh i think 65 i'm i could be wrong about that uh but 66 was uh the year that he brought back the honeymooners on right. that which is where i remember the honeymooners from and, and he did have um art carney with him skelton we know variety shows every some right, jimmy dean i know his show was in black and white um, in 64, 65, Jimmy Dean, the country singer. Yes. Right. But yeah, his variety show was black and white. Yes. His black show was black and white. But those variety shows, how did they do in the black and in the color in color? Uh, just as good. I mean, they were they were still in those, uh, you know, top couple ratings uh, spots that season. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the variety show was not going away at that point. Right. It was interesting, though, that Hollywood Palace, which I think premiered um i think in 67 or 66 or 67 Hollywood palace was 65 i believe 65. okay um, adam west hosted a uh as batman right right he hosted a color version of that right he's right and that also became color as well hollywood palace right so those shows variety shows if anything were probably enhanced by color people yeah. enjoy Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.